You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of the TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. Howdy. From the Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center in Vista, California. Today we're going to talk about a, a, a very, I hate to say popular problem, because it's not popular, common problem. <laughs> a very common behavior problem that we see in far too many dogs, and that's separation anxiety. And unfortunately, separation anxiety does not have an easy fix. It's a complicated problem, and solving it takes time, effort, training, and sometimes medications from your veterinarian. We're going to talk about what it is and what you can do about it in this upcoming podcast. So hold on. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. On the Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz. With me today are my good friends, Petra and Kate. And today we're talking about separation anxiety. Although the name implies what it is, an anxiety about being left alone, uh, separation anxiety is, is actually a little more complicated than that. There's lots of degrees of it. From the dog who just gets unhappy when he's left home alone, to the dog who has house training accidents when he's left home alone, to the dog who goes into full-blown panic attacks and jumps out windows, breaking panes of glass, jumping through screens, tearing up crates, even hurting himself. But let's talk about what some of the symptoms are. Well, there's quite a list and it how severe the problem may depend on how many things are on the list or how excessively they do things like whining and crying and barking are often the first signs. Um, then you can have chewing and howling. Uh, digging, inappropriate urinating, house soiling, 
trying to escape and causing damage to themselves or the surroundings, uh, mutilating themselves, either just from panic, chewing on themselves out of frustration, or trying to dig out of a crate or dig out of a house or dig out of a room. They can... <laughs> Kind of hard when there's cement. No, but they tear up the carpet. Oh, tear up the carpet. Yeah, yeah. Dig out the yard. Sure. There was a terrier I went to see that dug, if you will, through the drywall into the next room. Ooh. Found that room was closed and dug through the drywall room, drywall into the next room again and made himself Ugh. a circuit. And by the time they came home, the dog was running in circles through his circles. Oh my gosh! He did that in one day. Poor yeah. Thing. Oh, well, we had a member of our local therapy dog group who one of her dogs, after having a traumatic accident, and we'll talk about the causes in a a minute, jumped out a plate glass window, through the plate glass window, but on the second floor. Oh, yeah. And luckily, he landed on the roof of the garage and then went down from the roof of the garage and did hurt himself, hurt his shoulders. But then he was loose and panicky and was lost for several days. I remember getting the email about it. Mm-hmm. Someone finally did pick him up and he had his tags and microchip and he was reunited with his owner. But then um, he, she couldn't keep him in the house. <laughs> house had become a scary place. Yes. And they may vomit. You may come home and think your dog is sick because he's excessively salivating um, with a loss of appetite afterwards where it's anxiety panic attacks so sure. just like with humans panic attacks can range in in severity of symptoms the same thing with dogs sure now we do see a lot of calls on this but how many actually suffer from it well the um applied animal behavior science journal had uh, said about 14 percent if they see their veterinarian um, for some of their problems or, or issues but it increases to about 40% um, when it's behavior-related. So that's when a behaviorist or a trainer gets involved. So it's, it's a lot. It's 40% too, far too lot. common. Yeah. And we can see that in our classes. You start talking to people and you dig into what the problems are. I bet we can probably easily get close to that. That's yeah. the problems are having. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, there are a few breeds that are prone to it. <laughs> yeah, Patriot <why>? owns one. <laughs> owned twice, two in my pa- in my lifetime. German Shepherd. Yes, yes. I remember um, my first German Shepherd, Watashi. Um, I went away for a three-month school, left him home with our other German Shepherd and my husband. And even though he was at home with my husband and the other dog, he basically got self-destructive. He developed lip lick granulomas on both front paws, uh, lick, 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 until he had open wounds on both front paws. He started chewing on himself. He wasn't being destructive yet. I think if I'd been gone longer, it, it may have turned into that. But he was definitely harming himself. Paul took him to the vet. He got steroid shots. He got Paul got yucky ointments that tasted bad. None of it worked. It didn't go away until I got home. And unfortunately, years later, when we moved from Camp Pendleton, California, to Virginia, when we were stationed at 8th and I, uh, because I had a long commute, the dog was home alone 10 hours a day, and he started showing separation anxiety again. But German Shepherds are like that. They like to crawl under your skin. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my first one, Hans, 
um, he would make a, a path in the backyard. Uh, you knew exactly where it was, just circles around, just uh, along the wall of the house, along the fence line, and just, just this... Pace, pace, yeah, pace, constantly. pace, pace. Had, yeah, mm-hmm. I had this path. It was probably about four or five inches deep. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Mm-hmm. It was beginning when we didn't know a lot about it. And, sure, you know. yeah. Well, I, I think separation anxiety has just been studied more recently because it is growing. More more people are working. More wives are, and women are not at home. They're working also. So the dog's home alone more. I see it more in my informal phone calls about people calling about training in smaller dogs that people do take everywhere except for the few times. And then that few times that they're left alone becomes the exception and that panics the dog. The t- oh, wait a minute. I always go with you. Why am I being left now? Right. Other home situations can create the problem too. And Kate, okay. be clinging. You, you being clinging with the dog. And sure. And that also teaches a dog that needs to be velcro dog. <laughs> yeah. I talked to a gentleman. He was calling about separation anxiety for his two dogs. And I said, now you, one of the first things you need to start doing is keeping your coming and goings calm. We'll talk about that more later. But I said, is there any chance that you or your wife is doing things like, okay, I'm going to work now. You be a good puppy. Okay, I can't wait. Okay, now don't tear up the house while I'm gone. I won't be gone all that long. Goodbye. Clunk. He's like, have you been listening to my wife say goodbye? <laughs> he says, I don't do it. I says, I, yeah, I just say to them, hey, peace be with you and leave. He says, but she just goes on and on. And then when she comes home, she does the same thing. So that emotional yeah. situation at coming and going is creating all this nervous energy in the dog. The dog says, oh my gosh, when mom leaves, something horrible is going to happen. And, and it builds up all this anxiety. My gosh, if she did that to a kid, the kid would be neurotic. <laughs> Amazing. My mom didn't. It was, you got your stuff, go to school. <laughs> yeah, really, hurry up, you're late. <laughs> but I but, think it's that, what do you call it, killing them with kindness when you leave. Sure. You have to overemphasize or something. And Well, in his wife's defense, she probably thinks that she's reassuring the dog. Oh, yeah. When, in reality, she's creating all this uh, nervous tension. I told him to think of it as uh, turning the screw on a wind-up toy. Oh, sure. And, you know, winding that spring up really, really tight and leaving it to run. (laughs) Yeah. Without supervision the entire time she was home until the moment she got home and then she wound him up again. Sure. Another situation that we often see, and Kate, you and I were talking about this a few minutes ago, is... um, Getting the dog while you're on vacation or while the kids are home for the summer and spend all your time with the dog. Yeah. Because it's so much fun, by the way. You know, whether it's a new puppy or a new older Mm -hmm. adopted dog, you just want to spend all the time with him because he's wonderful and you want him to adjust and love you. Everybody, vacation's over and everybody's back to school and the dog's alone. We get calls on that every single September. We do. Every single September. And January after the Christmas holidays, sure, yeah. sure. Times. One of the yeah. other things, um, actually, weirdest thing, and we've been working on resolving it. But um, my current German Shepherd, Teddy, now, from what uh, our neighbor's saying, does is, cons- it's this one sound, whoa, 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 all day long. Oh. There's no low tone or high tone or playing. Oh, or so anything. it's a it's monotony. Just, um, yeah. All 
day long. Oh, I bet that, that drives some nuts. <laughs> it's doggy thumb sucking. Yeah, exactly. When some German shepherds lick their paws. Sure. Yeah, yeah. others eat things. He's he's thumb sucking by just making that sound. Okay. Yep. Just <sighs> monotonous. Just oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love the breed. I really do. When it comes to separation anxiety part. In their health, then. <laughs> There's a few other times that uh, create separation anxiety, and that's newly adopted dogs from the shelter or from a rescue group. And in our next podcast that will be... Uh, uh, posted to the website after this one. We're going to talk about newly adopted dogs, so you'll have to tune in again then. But newly adopted dogs go through several stages of adjustment, and many who are grieving for their last home, whether it be a good one or a bad one, they're still grieving. Change is stressful. Oh, sure. Even change if it's is, change for the better. It's still stressful. It's stressful. Yeah. And, it, and it could be even your own dog. Oh, You yeah. know, when you're moving... Well, yeah, Liz home. said she yep. went from one coast to the other. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure that was part of it as well as the change in the time in, you were gone. Right. And one of the most common ones, and I've gone through it a few times, divorce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that. Yeah. we hear that story a lot as well. Yep. Well, and any stressful event that happens in the house. Mm-hmm. Kids going to college. Yeah, new baby in the house. New baby in the well, house. And to the extreme example, I'm thinking of a basset, and the, the house caught on fire while the people were gone and the dog was at home. <gasps> that's oh, Dog that's survived extreme. physically, but, but he had some major separation anxiety for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. I would, too. But it still had to be worked with. Oh, yeah. So it didn't Definitely. become a lifetime problem. Definitely. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to separation anxiety. Um, there can be even be changes in the home. Um, two Roddy mixes I worked with where the the wife was pregnant. So as soon as new baby came home, more time with baby, uh-oh. time away from dog. Yeah. Sure. Even in the same house, there was still now separation. Sure. Yep. Yeah. That created anxiety in the dogs. Definitely. Definitely. And sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. You know, you you can your dog can develop separation anxiety, and you might not be able to pinpoint what cost it sure. you just know that for whatever reason your dog is now becoming more anxious he's becoming worried he's developed house training issues he's developed um uh destructive behaviors and only when you're gone you know one of the things with common technology um you can video your dog sure i mean you hear people doing yeah. it with their nannies now and babysitters <laughs> Sure. Just set it up to see what does your dog really do when you're gone. You know what okay. kind of what's his routine? What is what? And his... whether it's anxiety or it's taking advantage. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was on one of the shows not too long ago where the people thought it was separation anxiety. Uh-huh. The dog was just like, "Cool, chance to raid the kitchen." Yeah. yeah. He watched them drive away, and he started pulling the stuffing out of the cushion. And there was no anxiety whatsoever in that dog's body language. He was having a blast. It is all fun. With separation anxiety, one of the key things is is that high emotion, the anxiety, the fear, the panic. That's the key to separation anxiety. Separation anxiety is not fun. It's not amusing themselves. It, it's not doing something to you. It's not anger, but it's rooted in fear. 
So yeah, and it's yeah, not getting back at you. Let's put that the dog that goes and pees in the living room whenever you leave him alone is not doing it out of spite. Right. Right. Quite likely. Very rarely. Yeah. Very rarely. All right. So that's what separation anxiety is and and how common it is and some of the symptoms of it. Uh, We're going to take a break for our sponsors and we'll come back and we'll talk about what you can do about it because this can be quite a complicated um, process and it takes a lot of time. So... If you don't already have one, grab a pen and paper <laughs> and we'll go through some, some different things that you can do. So hold on. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz, with my good friends, Petra and Kate, and today we're talking about separation anxiety. This is a tough problem. There's a lot of different things that you can do to ease your dog's anxiety. One of the things that you do not want to do is punish them. Definitely. Don't try to punish your dog for this. If your dog is afraid, if he's fearful, if he's having a panic attack, you come home, there's destruction, he's salivated, he's thrown up, he's urinated, don't yell at him. You're just going to make the fear worse. You're going to make him dread you coming home. Imagine how tough that is on the relationship. I want you home, but I can't stand it when you get home. You yell at me, but I want you to be home, but I can't stand it when you come home. Oh, the poor dog. (laughs) Make it worse. The other thing you don't want to do is coddle him. 
you know, you you don't want to grab him up too and go, oh, poor baby, I'm so sorry I had to leave you. Well, it really turned him into a bundle of nerves. <laughs> yep. Oh, I mean, one of the things there, coming home, we all do it. It's very nonchalant. So Definitely. Okay, we're home. And I just walk up. Hi, boys. They all just lay there on the patio going, well, we know the routine. We lay here. We wait. Eventually, Mom will let us in the house. And I do. I'll go home, change, put things away, do what I got to do. And then the dogs come in and... Then you know, it's like here's a they all grab a toy, walk around the house, they're all so happy and mm-hmm. you know. But it's not No like, high emotion. Hi guys, I'm home. How was it? I missed you so much. I'm so sorry I have to go to work with that big bad boss every day just so I can buy you the bestest of biscuits. <laughs> well, just go home. And I mean I greet him. Hi sure. boys, how you doing? But yep. he's very calm, just like if you see a friend on the street, hey, how you doing? Yep. Keep it Keep calm. it calm. I mean if you if you come home like that then you're making that the high point of their entire day, and they're just going to sit there for as long as you're gone, going, <laughs> I want that to happen. <laughs> I'm not happy because it's not happening. You know, make it, make your time together loving and joyful, but calm. Yeah. Okay. Things and leaving. Good. Same idea. Same thing. Keep it calm. The world's going to be okay. I'm leaving uh-huh. for a while. You're okay. You got, help. You got a shelter over your head. You got food. You mm-hmm. got toys. And I'll be back. Mm-hmm. My thing's like, I just, again, I walk away. Hey, watch your house, boys. There you go. Mm-hmm. Again, An- very calm, just very, you know, mellow. Watch your house. See you later. Another thing you can do if your dog is not panic-stricken in a crate is crate train him. Oh, definitely. If he's comfortable in the crate, put him in the crate. Maybe put an old T-shirt or sweatshirt of yours in with him. Um, we'll talk a little bit more in just a minute about food dispensing toys, but put a food dispensing toy in with him. Music. Oh, and back to the sweatshirt t-shirt, mm-hmm. by the way. Not a clean one. A dirty one. A dirty one, yeah. Well, one that you did a workout <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A dirty one. Well, we want one to really smell like you. Yep, okay. yep. <laughs> Sweaty one. And a, well, well, one lady looked at me, she was like, oh, but that's so unhygienic. I said, "It doesn't. your dog will love it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a clean t-shirt. No, no. And one. he'll probably mm-hmm. snuggle down in the bed and his nose will be on that sweatshirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then... Um, why well, I, you know, I had done it with my first shepherd is um, put music on. Sure. Not Wait. hard rock. <laughs> Something a little mellow to take the edge off. A little Barry Manilow. <laughs> or, or, or I was going to say elevator music, but the, I guess that is Barry Manilow. <laughs> well, even if music does soothe the savage breast. Um, I've actually had more luck with AM radio. Oh, because there's talking? Talking. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's more people-oriented. Sure. But if music works for your dog, too, that's fine, too. Sure. Just you don't want the hard rock that's going to get him all wired. Right. Right. Something relaxing. Gets me wired. (laughs) And, you know, you may want to check with his political leanings before you decide which AM station to leave it on. But, uh, you know. Some dogs may not care for Rush, but. uh... (laughs) And just just low enough that they kind of have to listen. Right. Not that it's blasting out their eardrums. Right. Something else that we've talked about in many, many, many podcasts, exercise. Exercise. Get up a little early than normal. Make sure this dog has some good, strong, vigorous cardio exercise before you leave. And that doesn't mean go for a casual walk. That means take that dog bicycling. I bike my guys. Plug for (laughs) SpringerUSA.com. Hooks onto your bicycle. I can. I, when, when I take all three of them out, that's that's a lot of riding. <laughs> but good for it's, you too. It, well, it's not as much exercise for me. But uh, 
the dogs get great exercise, they're tired, and then when you leave, there's maybe a little anxiety, but there's also that, oh, thank goodness she's gone. <laughs> I can take a nap now. <laughs> yeah, we do the same thing when we go out to feed the horses. The dogs know to grab a toy or like a ball or a stick. So while we're feeding, we're just tossing the ball and stuff. So they're doing mm-hmm. the running around and stuff, and they're more than happy to head back in. First, lately it's been really cold, sure. mm-hmm. but they've gotten a little of that you know, uh, energy out, and then they settle mm-hmm. down, they're fine. Sure. And if you've got a high energy dog, or as I do, or if you've got already separation anxiety showing some symptoms, then be sure to work their mind. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get I, that again, mind I, busy. I did a private training today with a little Bichon that likes to sit in the front window and yap 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 at everything that goes by. That's one of the reasons her mom had called me. So after we had worked for a while, and I introduced her to the idea of sit and lay down and hold still and not jump. She had to think about it. She, you could see her little brain working. I then put her back in that window seat when I saw somebody coming down the street. And she looked at him and went, I'm too tired to do anything about it, and laid down with her back to the window. Nice. Awesome. Uh, you know, nice. that was just working her brain. Yeah. Sure. So that in combination with a walk, you could leave them for much longer. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And people can do it because I work. And you guys, lucky you work from home, but I gotta get up and go to a job. Mm-hmm. But still, while you're getting ready, you can do these things mm-hmm. you know, as in the middle of your routine. You know, go tell them to go get a certain toy. They gotta go find mm-hmm. one. And sure. But you can still do mental and little physical mm-hmm. energy releasing and, games. And and that leads us into training. Training by itself will not solve the problems of separation anxiety. It's not. A training problem as in house training or or simply chewing on the furniture however training can better the relationship between you and your dog mm-hmm. training can teach the dog um, some good behavior such as doing a downstay when you walk into another room so which you gives can you a good tool which gives you a good tool and discourages some of that clinginess Builds self-confidence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Builds that confidence so the That's dog it. learns, oh, I can do these things. Yep. Hey, I'm okay. This yeah. is what I need to do to make my mom or dad happy. Right. And therefore, that gives them a little bit of confidence they can manipulate their environment instead of just feeling lost and afraid they're left there. Sure. Yeah. I do believe yep. in that. Yeah. Yep. Training is, is very important as far as that goes. So it's a part of the process, although it won't solve it. Right. And then... The hard one for most people, because it takes so much time, is the desensitization. And you want to explain what that is? It's a slow, steady process, we hope, of teaching uh, a dog that whatever the cues they thought led to one behavior will instead lead to some other behavior. Exactly, yeah. My dogs know when I put on my training yard shoes that that means we're going to the yard. So when they're at the back door and they watch me sit on the edge of the bed and put on these shoes, okay, we're going to the yard. And they all run around the house to the front gate and see who's going with me. Right. Today, for example, I brought the two youngest. I brought Bashir and Archer. Riker stayed home. But I don't make a big deal out of it. So it was, Riker, come on in the house. Bashir and Archer, go to the van. And because there's not a big deal... It's not a huge workup. They don't have separation anxiety, but they certainly have put cue together oh, yeah. with action. They know these shoes equal training yard. We've right. said it before. We have jobs, relationships, things mm-hmm. to worry about. Our dog's job is to watch us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Figure out. So 
one of the first things with separation anxiety is figure out the early cues that are triggering your dog. What is it? Is it picking up the your keys? Mm-hmm. Is it picking up your briefcase? Is it making your coffee in the coffee pot to, in the travel mug? What are the early cues that you start seeing some anxiety in your dog and start breaking the pattern as early as you can? So then what you do is you pick up your keys, you shake your keys, your dog watches you, starts to go, <gasps> and you sit down and turn on the TV. Yeah. And the dog goes, whoa. Yeah. What? That's different. Yeah. You didn't go anywhere. You're still <laughs> here. A didn't equal B this time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you do that several times. You've got your dog thinking. Mm-hmm. Then you put on your shoes and the dog goes, <gasps> and you sit down and turn on the TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you go get a soda and sit down. And again, your dog goes, whoa. What happened? That didn't mean what I thought it meant. It doesn't work. The equation's broken. And you can gradually work it up to picking up your keys, putting on your shoes, putting on your coat, walking out to your car, Mm -hmm. and then coming back in and sitting down. And your dog goes, oh, wait a minute. You did this, and you did this, and you did this, and you you left, but now you're back. One of the keys to any desensitization program, whatever you're desensitizing, Four. Why well, said all that? <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> is to find the triggers and interrupt before the anxiety starts. Right. Okay. So whether it's playing a tape recording of a thunderstorm for a dog that reacts to it, but playing it so low that the dog's not quite sure he's hearing it, but teaching him that he can react calmly to the triggers that in the past set him up to be worried. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of observation on the owner's part. You've really, really got to watch your dog. And you've got to be willing to take teeny, tiny steps. You can't rush this progress. That can't be easy when you have to go to work every day. Yeah, yeah. But you can devote a weekend to it. Tell the rest of the family and all the friends, sorry, no softball today, no bowling tournament today, no whatever. This weekend, I'm going to work on these steps. And the weekend may not cure it. But during the week, you may get up an hour early. Sure. Exactly. Okay, and so do maybe a little for bit two more. weeks, you get up an hour early to start this program so that you don't have to put your dog down because the neighbors are complaining that it howls Screaming. all day long. Screaming. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Or he's not hurting himself or whatever. Give yourself the time, however you need to do it, to deal with this in small increments to set your dog up to succeed. So while you're also desensitizing to the triggers, you can also get him in the habit of being left alone successfully. Though even when you are home, make a point of leaving him alone for a few minutes. Right. Sure. <clears throat> now, oh, and you mentioned we didn't we didn't cover that. Um, toys. Food dispensing toys, definitely. There's so many more money on the market now. And it's wonderful. It's awesome. I'm going to put in a plug for the Moleculeball. <laughs> Which one is that one? It, it looks like three hollow balls stuck together. Kind of like a Kong, but different? Kind of like a Kong, but just a little bit different. I find um, it's a little more challenging than the Kong. Okay. Because they do have to roll it around. Mm-hmm. And not as hard as, I won't mention the name, but not as hard as the four-sided one that looks like a big dice. Well, I'll mention that because I like that one, the Buster Cube. You like the Buster, okay. Yeah, I like the Buster Cube. It was one of the first, uh, Kong was first. Kong's been around forever and is wonderful. But the Buster Cube was was one of the first of the challenging ones. Yeah. 
The only problem with the Buster Cube is it is hard-sided and it's noisy. Yeah. So if you're in an apartment, you do not want to use a Buster Cube. But having Australian Shepherds, who are way too smart, I needed one that's more challenging. And the Buster Cube is great because all three dogs can be working that sucker. And I can set it so it only lets out it's got a little thing inside that you can set how much kibble it spits out at a time as the dogs nose it and roll it. And I can set it so it only kicks out one or two kibbles at a time. But they'll keep working at it. So you're using it just to keep them occupied, not to deal with separation. Sure, yeah. I found that the dogs I was doing the kind of treats with, they needed more immediate gratification sure. than they were getting. A couple of shoves on the Buster Cube, and they say, oh, nothing happens there. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and the Kong would work for a while, but then to give them a little extra step, the molecular ball, you still have to shove it around, but you get it around. A little bit more. Yeah. Well, you also found uh, something that's very... Uh, very intriguing that I haven't had a chance to try yet. And that was that bucket that you freeze that you put things in. Now that's certainly not going to work in the winter in the house. Right. But for a dog who's in the backyard, what this is, is a small bucket. You fill it with water and then you can put toys in it or dog biscuits in it or treats in it, all kinds of stuff. And you freeze it. Cool. So then on a hot morning when you're getting ready to leave, it's got a little stake that goes into the ground and you so that it doesn't end up all over the backyard. And what the dog's got to do is lick it and chew it and lick it and chew it and lick it. And as he works at it, he'll get one treat at a time or one toy at a time. And I can see this being absolutely wonderful be cool. for yeah. a dog with separation anxiety, oh a dog who's bored. Lots of it didn't have a specific name. That I remember. I don't remember. But I'm sure if you look in bucket the pet on a stick. Section, <laughs> yeah, bucket, bucket on a stick. <laughs> Thinking Icy was in the name somehow. Yeah. I don't remember. But uh, it's a wonderful idea. And while I'm thinking about it, for, for dogs that are being left indoors, um, I do think the Kong dispenser sure. is a little pricey, but could be very worthwhile. So I think you get five or six slots to put Kongs in. And then you can set for how often the Kong, a new Kong, filled with wonderful, exciting, keeping them interested treats, gets dispensed. And I believe there's also a tone that lets the dog know, beep, here comes a new treat. Bonk. So like that's if you're pretty... gone for 10 hours, every yeah, two hours awesome. the dog gets a Kong with a little bit of treats. Because one Kong or... isn't going to keep them occupied no, for 10 no, hours. Right, no, right. But this way you can spread it out. So one other thing that we haven't talked about is... Uh, Pharmaceuticals. I think the growing one, it, it, I think it happens a lot. And I don't know if it's just, it's, I think it, maybe it's the easy fix. Um, or perceived as an easy fix. Yeah, that too. But most common is the Prozac, putting dogs on the Or the, the Clomacom. A lot depends on how ingrained this anxiety is. How big a habit has it become. Yeah. And so sometimes that can help quite a bit. I like to, I tell people it's like for, for a dog that really needs this, they're threatening their own health. Sure. Or for your property or. But I'd say, you know, before even jumping into pharmaceutical, because I hate to put drugs into my dogs if it's yeah. unnecessary, is try the other avenue first. Sure. And as a last resort, this does work. Know that it's there. For some but dogs. At least, yeah. So yeah. it's a last resort. And it's not the sort of thing that. that it's, you put the dog on medication for the rest of their life. 
these um, anxiety relieving drugs, the idea is to kind of make the brain a little more pliable so that it's easier to retrain for a new habit. I, I think the idea also is to interrupt the behavior, yeah. mm-hmm. to break the vicious circle. The dog knows, oh my gosh, you're leaving, I'm panicky, this is going to happen. And then I don't feel good, and so I do this to try to relieve it, but that doesn't work, and I still right. feel bad again. And yeah. So with the medication, um, as long as you don't look upon it as an easy fix, a magic wand, it can help break the cycle, stop that vicious circle. And it's an adjunct to the training. And it's an adjunct mm-hmm. to... Well, not just the training, but everything else you're doing with the dog. The desensitization, the training, changing your own behavior, because this isn't just about the dog. It's changing your own behavior. Then sometimes the pharmaceuticals can be of help. But I believe the last records that I heard, um, they only really effective in about 70% of the cases. So it's one tool in the toolbox. I think that's what I usually recommend. Try the techniques first. If they're not working as fast or as well as you hope, then add in the pharmaceuticals to make. Right. And you've already had a chance then to practice the techniques and become better at it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So when you're using them along with the pharmaceuticals, you're more effective with it. Yeah. Well, that's it for our show. We've crammed as much information in here as we we could. Um, Just keep in mind that if you're dealing with separation anxiety with your dog, He's not doing this to you on purpose. This is not a a guilt trip to you. This is not acting out to you. This is generally rooted in in a fear, a panic. There's there's something going on in your dog's head here. And uh, if you feel like you can't handle it on your own, feel free to call a trainer or a behaviorist in your area who's experienced in dealing with separation anxiety. It's a tough behavior problem. It's not easy, but you can certainly make it better. Yeah, on behalf of other trainers, that's the first thing I always say and say, okay, this will not be a quick fix. I do not have a magic wand for this. Get out a pencil and paper. Here are the steps. Right. Yep. There you go. So that's it from us for It's a Doggy Dog World, but tune in. Our next show, we're going to talk about some of the issues dealing with uh newly adopted dogs, including that honeymoon period that they all seem to go through. So that's it from us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.